the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. My friends, our Angel Tree campaign concludes on Friday, January 1st. But Angel Tree continues to serve children with a mom or a dad in prison all year long with Angel Tree Christian summer camps, Angel Tree sports clinics, and many other programs that your donations make possible. Please continue to help these kids and get a year-end tax deduction to boot just by going to DennisPrager.com and clicking on the Angel Tree banner. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. One of the most interesting, if there are five questions I would like answered about public life, this would be one of them, and that is, who demonstrates in actions more altruism, liberals or conservatives, and it may not be measurable, by the way, it may not be, I understand that, it's a very complex term, but at least in terms of charity, can it be determined if either the red or the blue, as we now put it in America, is more charitable. A professor at Syracuse University, professor of public administration, Arthur Brooks, has in fact done this research, and the book is Who Really Who Really Cares? America's Charity Divide, Who Gives, Who Doesn't, and Why It Matters. Professor Brooks, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis. It's great to be here, and Happy New Year to you. I thank you. Very, very good to be with you, sir. And uh, I, I begin with the question of what did you think when you went into the research? Yeah, it was, this, this research came as a big shock to me, or at least the results that I've been doing research on charity and philanthropy for 10 years. I'm an economist, and this is my main area of interest, and I've published lots of dry academic stuff on tax deductibility and tax credits and all that kind of stuff for years and years. And as I was doing research in that area, something that was bugged me, which is when I actually worked with philanthropists and charitable people, nobody ever said that what they loved about their own charitable giving was that sweet tax deduction. Nobody ever said that to me. They always said, you know, it moves me to be part of something bigger than myself. And I thought, you know, I'm missing the boat. I'm missing the boat because really charity is about values. It's not about economics. And so I set out to write a book about charitable values. Who's charitable and what values they hold? What what this uniquely, amazingly American characteristic, what's it all about? And and I went into it with the old stereotype that which we always hear, and you know, I'm in academia, so I hear this especially a lot, that there are two groups in America, one that cares a lot more than the other about the poor and downtrodden, and that's People on the left, that's compassionate liberals. As a matter of fact, there was this campaign sign in my town that was all over the place. I mean, it was every place before the 2004 presidential campaign uh, election that said, Bush must go, human need, not corporate greed. And that's it in a nutshell. It was people who supported uh, the, the president's opponent who said, get rid of the president because of morality, because we care more about human need, and they're, those people who support the president are immoral. All they care about is filthy lucre, is 
you know, they're venal, they're selfish. And I said, you know, let's test that. Let's figure out whether or not that's true. And I expected it was going to be true, and I was dead wrong. Really? Th- that You did? Yeah, yeah. You it's, expected what exactly? That well, liberals what? Well, I expected to find that in most ways, liberals not only want to redistribute tax income more than conservatives, but they actually gave more of their own income as well. Now, this is not to say that I had a dog in the fight, that I wanted it to turn out this way. On the contrary, my own personal politics are really varied. I'm a, I'm a political independent. It bothers me not one, not one bit if I find out that conservatives are virtuous in, in one way or another. But I didn't intuitively, I didn't think I was going to find that, but it turns out when you look at the numbers um, in terms of private charitable giving, conservatives, not just Republicans, it's really conservatives, traditional people, are as generous in virtually every way and in many ways much more so privately than liberals are. All right, let's then determine what that means exactly. There, because there are two, immediately there are two forms of giving that come to my mind. One is time and the uh-huh. other is money. Right. Did you assess both? I, I assessed everything. I okay, assessed, well, let, let, yeah. so let's begin with money. Okay, money is... It turns out that conservatives and liberals, and these are people who call themselves conservative and liberals, are sort of equally likely to make a gift of any size. But when you look at how much they give, the, the difference fades, or the similarity fades away. How much, how much per income? Conservatives give, on average, 30% more dollars per year at, per household than liberal families do. And that wait a minute. Is that, wait, wait. Absolute or per, per, per income? Per, no, per household, but... They earn on average six percent less income. So what I'm saying is, and as a matter of fact, in every income category, so if you correct for income, in every income category, conservatives give more dollars away than liberals do to charities. This is what we find. Now, okay, that so okay, that's the way you did it. So yeah. a household making fifty thousand a year, a conservative household will give thirty percent more. Yeah, about 30% more. That's and, exactly and the right. same with a million-dollar household. Exactly right. That's, ex- just, that's exactly right. If you look across the whole economy... Were you able to verify this with income tax returns? Well, income tax returns don't get you very far, and the reason that they're, they're not very useful is only 30% of the population itemizes deductions, and so only 30%... So how, how, do, you, how do you know they were telling you the truth? Well, on income tax returns, if you're not telling the truth, that's no, a no, no. I, but you yourself just said that doesn't tell you the whole story, right? So the whole story is a matter of them telling you on surveys, but it's all anonymous. So there's no there's no incentive for people to bolster the reputations by lying. And this is the way that we do the surveys. Oh, stuff. in other words, so so in passing, you would ask their politics and and then ask the charitable giving questions. Yeah, and a bunch of other stuff, too. So I have, you know, did you give blood? Did you give to a homeless person on the street? How do you feel about abortion? I mean, I, I have data on sort of everything. And Oh, oh, oh so it wasn't only their self-statement. It was based on the positions that they took. Uh, a lot of it, So yeah. in other words, if, if a person was pro-life, they were more likely to give charity. Yeah, well, just in general, that's true. Actually, the biggie when it comes to... Was what, yeah? To politics is how they feel about the government, what the government ought to be doing. That's really what soaks up the political differences. Well, two big things, actually. The first is religious faith. The second is how they feel about the government. That's really what's explaining it. There's nothing about politics per se that's making a big difference. I, I have this huge smile on my face because it, it so comports with with common sense. Those who believe the government should take care of people are less likely to take care of people. 
Isn't it? It's yeah. You know, the weirdest thing is, I'm supposed to be a scholar on this stuff, and it shocked me. So you know, shame on me, right? But I mean, looking at the data, it's really true what your intuition is telling you, and perhaps what a lot of your listeners have always believed. Well, for I just want to say a self-aggrandizing word here to my listeners, folks. I have said to you, for year after year, studies overwhelmingly studies either verify common sense or they're wrong. <laughs> and no, but I want you to know what you have done is is immeasurably important. I, I can't tell you how grateful I am for your book and study. But so, I, I but but I want to say to you though, Professor Brooks, that that it is so clear from another uh, perspective uh, or or different form of proof that this would be the case, and that is Europe. Western Europe has larger government. And, and almost no charitable giving. Yeah, I mean, Western Europe is a disaster when it comes to private charitable giving. American families give, on average, 14 times more dollars than average Italian families, seven times more than average German families. Is that, uh, are those data in your book? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. No, there's a whole good. chapter on Europe. And the, you know, the, the, two, the three big reasons, the differences that between America and Europe in terms of private charity exist, are number one, America's religious, Europe is secular. Number two, America is market-oriented, Europe is socialistic. Number three, America has kids and has traditional families, or at least has families. In Europe, the population is cratering. Those three things together... Why, the, why, the last, why does the last part matter? Parents give more charity? Oh, like crazy. This is the amazing thing. You know, you have kids. And right? they have more... Yeah, three. They, and they have more expenses they drain your wallet but they fill the collection plates hugely ironic the more kids you have the more you give away but actually you know it makes sense because the more kids you have or when you have kids most in general you're more likely to try to model good behavior you're less likely to knock over a liquor store or you're more likely to give change yeah you know what i stopped doing that as soon as i had kids me too funny thing yeah 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 Yeah, it's really taking a bite out of my income but (laughs) you gotta do the right thing that's right 18 Prager 776 I am mesmerized here folks 18 Prager 776 I have often cited this I know Jeff Jacoby cited a study in the Boston Globe and I've often cited that but now you have the book the book is not published incidentally by Conservative Press it is published by Basic Books and we have here a professor who unless he's lying to us and I have no reason to believe he is uh went into this uh actually expecting somewhat different results yeah. Which is the ultimate statement about a truth teller because it, it, it went against what what he had intuited. One eight Prager seven seven six. We will come back in a moment. The book is titled Who Really Who Really Cares? And it's up at uh, PragerRadio.com. The uh, the author is Arthur C. Brooks, professor of public administration at Syracuse University. And uh, there are challenges, including one I really want to uh, have him answer, and that is what about uh, how much of that in- increased income is church donations as opposed to larger social ones? We'll be back if that is a fair e- uh, even contrast. Back in a moment, I'm Dennis Prager.
Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Janice's story. I was skeptical at first. But because of the pain that I was having when I would uh, substitute teach and have to climb stairs, I have lower back, hip, and even knee pain. And after about three weeks, I found that I could climb stairs pain-free. But it wasn't only pain-free. I could do it step over step without holding on the railing. I'm really happy. It makes me feel like I'm young again. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. Magnolia. My friends, our Angel Tree campaign concludes on Friday, January 1st. But Angel Tree continues to serve children with a mom or a dad in prison all year long with Angel Tree Christian summer camps, Angel Tree sports clinics, and many other programs that your donations make possible. Please continue to help these kids and get a year-end tax deduction to boot just by going to DennisPrager.com and clicking on the Angel Tree banner. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. This book could be a real hand grenade, folks. No, no. I actually think a nuclear device. Uh, it's uh, You've got some powerful ideas here, actually powerful data, which yeah. is sometimes more powerful to people, even though there's the old line of, uh, was it Israeli, that uh, there are lies, damn lies, and statistics. Yeah, that's what we always do in the academy these days. Is you've got a whole bunch of data, and you really try to honestly assess what's going on in a situation with uh, with evidence. The first thing that you do if you don't like the conclusions is to say, well, you know, this is I found some holes in it, and you know, this is not the last word, so let's discredit the whole deal, which is essentially just another way to shut down a conversation you don't like. No, no, but, but you, no, you've done something really important here. Twenty-two minutes past the hour. Hi, everybody. My guest is Arthur Brooks, Professor Brooks is a professor of public administration at Syracuse University, and the book is Who Really Cares? And it's published by Basic Books. It is not even a conservative imprint. And you, uh, I mean, to be honest, your politics are where? Yeah, I'm 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 an independent. I'm I'm practicing Catholic, uh, mainstream practicing Catholic. I'm not a fundamentalist by any means. Um, And I've voted, I have been registered as both a Democrat and Republican over the past 10 years and got fed up with both parties, and now I'm an independent. All righty, we'll take your calls and challenges. Now, let me review. I want to memorize this. Uh, At any income level, people whom you could identify as conservatives give 30% more charity. Is that correct? Am I summarizing you correctly? Yeah, exactly right. Now, they're they're pretty much precisely the same in terms of volunteer hours, but there are some other ways where conservatives do exceptionally well, too. So, for example... Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. That's a very big deal. I want to talk about the volunteer hours. Uh It's the same thing in hours volunteering? Well, no. The conservatives and liberals volunteer about the same amount is what you find, which is a big deal because we always assume that liberals volunteer a lot more, and they don't. Conservatives and liberals volunteer the same, as it turns out. Conservatives give more money, and conservatives give, in some non-money ways, quite a lot more, too. So, for example, let's take blood donations. If liberals and moderates gave blood at the same rate that conservatives do, the American blood supply would increase by 45%. 
a lot. Well, there are people who wouldn't want conservatives' blood. Yeah, that's right. There are a lot of people who are trying to spill conservatives' blood. But one of the things that we, now, and there's some actually there's some good reasons for that pattern. The big, the biggest reason, uh, one of the big reasons for that pattern is, for example, it's illegal for homosexuals to give blood, and they're disproportionately liberal. So that's a special case in a way, but it fits with the pattern. Yeah, but that's three percent of the population, so it's it's not, uh, and and it does does it apply to lesbians or only gay men? That's a good question. I think only gay men, so it's it's even smaller. Yeah. So I I can't believe that 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 has a big effect on the on the statistics. But the big thing is it's not the ideology per se. It's the values behind the ideology that are doing it. If I can ask one question that will predict whether or not somebody gives charity or not, in any form, giving, volunteering, any, any measurable way, it's going to be about the religious beliefs and the religious practices. That's the biggie. And what's going on here is that religious people are disproportionately likely to be conservative. Religious liberals of which there aren't that many uh, compared to religious conservatives, are very, are very charitable people, just that the numbers are dwindling. The other thing is the attitudes that they have about government. It is overwhelmingly true, as you ha- yourself have asserted, and, and the numbers back you up, that people who believe that it is the government's job to redistribute income for the sake of income equality are far, far less likely to give to charity than people who disagree with that statement. As a matter of fact, you find that people who disagree that the government should redistribute more income than at present give four times more money to charity each year than people who agree with that statement. The statement being again? That, that the government should redistribute income to achieve higher People who quality. agree with that are give four times less. They give one-fourth as much. One-fourth as much. Exactly right. That's a, it's, a, it's an enormous gap between the two. Now, the reason that this is, that, that this is important is just this knocked me out. I did not expect to find that. I mean, maybe a little difference, but that much. The reason that's important, in my view, is it's not about whether or not the government really is redistributing income. It's about whether or not you feel the government should redistribute income. In other words, that's a political opinion that's substituting for a private sacrifice, and that's profound. Mm-hmm. All righty, let's go to uh, some of your challenges and reactions here with uh, Professor Arthur Brooks. I'm Dennis Prager, and we go to Inglewood, Colorado, and Evie. Hi, Evie. It's Evie. Hi, Dennis. Oh, I hate doing that. <laughs> it's okay. Let me do it again. Hi, you're on the Dennis Prager Show. Hello, Evie. Hello. Um, my comment is that um, how were church contributions calculated into the figures? Because as a Christian, I... I mean, I'm I'm giving because I'm commanded to give, and um, I, you know I give 10% of my income, and as most Christians do, and so I'm just wondering if that was not calculated into the 30%. When, when you give, Evie, it, do you give mostly to your church? Yes, I do give some money to other other. All right. So how do you handle that challenge uh, that liberals would offer here? Yeah, conservatives and religious give more, but they give it, or at least the religious case, they just give it to their own religions. Smart question, uh, Evie. Thank you. And uh, and it's one that I've heard a lot. It's the first thing I thought is this really just a question of religious people giving to their churches? Because if it is, I think it's important. I think it's giving to churches just from a civic perspective is a big deal. But I don't really have a book here. That's true. It turns out that's not what's going on. <clears throat> if you separate all of the religious giving, get rid of all of it. Just toss it out and only look at purely 100% non-religious secular charities for time and money. You find that there's still no comparison between religious and secular people. Now, that explains a lot of the difference between right and left. But, it, but religious people 
are far more likely, they're 10 percentage points more likely to give to secular causes. They're 21 percentage points more likely to volunteer for totally secular causes. It, bottom line being, if it were not for the religious people in your community, your PTA would shut down. So would the Boy Scouts. Absolutely. Now, yeah, of course, the Boy Scouts are kind of a controversial case, right? There are a lot of folks on the left that would like the Boy Scouts to go out of business. But what we find is that every secular cause and charity, every measurable way that I've been able to calculate, religious people Except animal rights than secularists. Animal rights you get more folks Everything. Giving. I mean, it's astonishing. Environmental causes, arts and culture, even the traditionally liberal stuff, it turns out religious people give more. Wow. Yeah, oh yeah. But, but I think it's also worth noting that a lot of the money that's given to churches and synagogues is, is expresses itself in welfare anyway. Sure. Because yeah. a lot of them are reaching out to, to help others with, with meals and it's not just the building, uh, it's not just the church building fund. Sure. Now, there's a problem that we have in understanding religious charity for people who are truly secular in America, which is that, that secularists who have never been in the culture of giving believe, uh, frequently believe that religious giving is really all just kind of like country club dues or something. It's all, you know, paying the pastor's salary, and the, but not understanding that you've got to pay your country club dues or you get kicked out. In, in church-related giving, this is a civic act that people do voluntarily, so even that on its face is quite important, but I toss that out just in case. And still okay. Find All right, some more challenges that you might want to raise here with Arthur Brooks. 1-8-Prager-776, if you're a liberal, how do you feel about this? There aren't any of you, are any of you surprised by what you're hearing? And we return. The book is titled, Who Really Cares? And I'm Dennis Prager. Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring, ting, tingling, too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Howdy there. Dennis Prager here, welcoming you back. 34 minutes past the hour, my guest is Arthur Brooks, who is uh, currently being chased by uh, most of the other members of the Syracuse University faculty down the street. (laughs) I am extremely curious, and we're going to take your calls and all your challenges, folks. This is an extremely important subject. Professor Brooks, professor of public administration, Syracuse University, has written this book, Who Really Cares? America's Charity Divide, Who Gives, Who Doesn't, and Why It Matters. Published by Basic Books, that's a, it's a, a neutral publisher, and not a, uh, not a conservative publisher, incidentally. How did other professors react to you? Well, so far it's had relatively little impact because we've been on, you know, on Christmas break helps, right? No, but uh, I mean, I've, been to, I've talked to colleagues around the country on this particular topic, and you, you know, the way research is supposed to make knowledge move forward is by people not agreeing with me, but disagreeing with me, and then looking at the evidence in new ways. And, you know, frankly, 
if this book is successful, in my view, it's going to do two things. The first thing is that people are going to give more, more time, more money, more blood, more love, everything. People are going to give more just because they're going to read the book and they're going to think about their own giving. And that's good for America. One of the big topics in this book is why it's important to give individually for your community and for our country. And it's very compelling, in my view. The evidence suggests this is a core American value. We use it or we become Europe. It's our choice. The second thing in, in, in the bad ways. Now, the, the second way that this book is going to be successful, if it is, is that people are going to do more research on this topic. This is a horribly under-researched topic. I mean, intellectuals ought to be looking at you know, giving behavior. This is a staple of American life. Why are we not looking at this thing more? So if people do more research and they say, hey, I got some new data. It, it doesn't say the same thing that you said, or I looked at your data in a new way, and guess what? I came to different results. I say, right on, because we need more people thinking more big thoughts about this. This is what moved the debate forward forward. All right, we'll see how they do react to you, though, the colleagues, and uh, I assume that in public administration you don't have a particularly conservative or religious uh, faculty uh, makeup. Well, not here, and, you know, it's not as if this has all been frictionless. I've gotten a lot of criticism on this thing so far, uh-huh. including in the mainstream media. The, the, there's a tendency to say, okay, you wrote this book, you're right-winger, right? And I say, well, well no, uh, I'm not affiliated with either side. I'm not hostile to Yeah, but you said you were uh, you said you were a practicing Catholic. That yeah, that, exactly that killed right. it. That for the media that that ends it. You're you're already labeled as one of them. It's a uh, funny I, thing. Yeah, go on. Well, it's a funny thing how how that works. It's guilt by association. It's it's a very big ad hominem technique in trying to discredit people that are trying to do honest work. So, for example, I have this affiliation with the American Enterprise Institute, which is a, a think tech, classically liberal liberal in the sort of market sense think tank. It's a, it's a fairly conservative outfit. And I hear that a lot. I hear, you know, in, in, in newspaper stories about this book, it's getting a lot of press these days, say, well, you know, this guy is affiliated with the American Enterprise Institute. Nobody ever mentions the fact that Syracuse University is a wildly liberal outfit. And I'm a, you know, I've been, I'm a tenured professor there. So it's a funny thing how there's a tendency Oh, to that's a good point. That. That, that is an interesting point. That's right. You're, you're a member of a liberal group and a conservative group. Yeah, I'm primarily a member of a of one of the one of the most liberal universities. By the in way, AEI would not have uh, kicked you out had the book gone the other way. Oh, on the contrary, AEI want uh, is is a is a serious intellectual yeah. outfit. Yeah, they I, want I do believe that. I do. All right, let's take some challenges here. And where was that? Where was the one? Oh, here, yeah, here's a classic challenge: Louisville, Kentucky. Barry, hi, Dennis Prager with Professor Arthur Brooks. Hello, Barry. Yes. Um, I just wanted to state that um, when you take into the concept that, you know, as far as, like, say the government starts distributing money and can control, you know, what you make and, you know, how, you know more of like a communism-type idea, you know, and you're saying that, you know, people that make less money, I mean, I would think that people that make less money are going to donate less, and people that make more money obviously are going to donate more. So I just don't really think it's a fair comparison between No, them. no, he compares people who have the exact same incomes with other people who have the exact same incomes. So oh, that right. if somebody, a, a poor conservative will give more than a poor liberal, and a rich conservative will give more than a rich liberal. But, I mean, well, still in that same case, I mean, you could take in the same concept. I, at least, I guess it's more of a prejudice view, in my opinion, that liberals are usually more likely to question where the money is going to go. And I feel like conservatives, I mean, and I well, never mind. I pretty much just uh, Well, if, they, if liberals, <laughs> Barry, if liberals ask more where the money's going to go, why do they want more money to go to the government, which is the largest big hole in the world? You think the liberals want more money to go to the government? 
that's that's a defining uh, characteristic of liberalism. It's probably the biggest defining one. All right, we'll continue with Arthur Brooks and his book, Who Really Cares? More challenges to him coming up. And I want to ask him about the effect of taxation on charity. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. I'm Dennis Prager. My guest is Arthur Brooks, who's a professor of public administration at Syracuse University. By the way, when a, a somebody has an exotic title like that, I always wonder, when you were a kid, did you say, you know, I really want to be a professor of public administration? <laughs> yeah, not so much. Actually, I want to be a fireman, but, you know, I just don't, uh, I don't have the, the stamina for it. All right. Uh, that, that's fair. I would have had you on either way. <laughs> just want you to know that. <laughs> Professor Brooks has written this important book, Who Really Cares? And it's about what he calls America's charity divide be, uh, between the religious and secular and between the left and right. I'm going to take more calls. I want any challenge any of you might have, one eight prager 776 or for that matter, if you wish to affirm his, his uh, data and his theories. I have a question for you. Did you do research on the effect of higher or lower taxes and charitable giving? Yeah. Um, both the support for higher taxes and the reality of higher taxes, uh, depending on what region of the country you're in, has an effect on charitable giving. Now, the interesting thing is that sometimes higher taxes lead to more charitable giving, not less. And the reason, of course, is that when you raise people's taxes, it lowers the price of giving to the extent that people can deduct it more. Now, but that's only true for the top 30% of earners because the bottom 70% don't itemize their deductions. They don't get a tax break. So those folks get hurt. Even though the rest of us might give a little bit more, the people in the bottom probably give a little bit less. Uh, one of the things that I've found, you know, I've been, I've been doing work on the economics of charity and, and public policies about charity for a long time, and I've really come to the conclusion that government at its best can do a little bit of good to get people to give more charitably and volunteer more of their time, but it can do a massive amount of damage. We can put barriers in front of people's service, and the results are disastrous. They're not just bad for charities themselves. They're also horrible for, for us as individuals. My Wall Street Journal column today talks precisely about how governments can get in the way of people's giving with, with horrible results for actual communities. In the aggregate, though, even though the top 30% may increase when higher, with higher taxes, we, don't we, in fact, have more an absolute sum that is greater in terms of charity when taxes are lowered? Yeah, because people have more disposable income. Yeah, but the, top, but the richest do give less, you're saying. The, the rich, when the taxes go down, in the first couple of years, the rich give less because their price of giving has effectively changed because of their deductibility. In the long run, when they have more disposable income, that will, that will lead people to give about the same amount. At the end of the day, 
tax deductibility and taxes have less to do with charity than values do. Okay, charity good. Is, All right. Is, is you're, a values my, you're my man. As soon as I hear values, I know I'm talking to a kindred spirit. Here's a challenge from Harry in L.A. Hello, Harry of Los Angeles. Oh, hi, Dennis. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, you were just, uh, my, my call is on the subject you were just talking about, the, the taxes. and uh, But I'd like to uh, say first that I think you sort of missed the point when you're talking about how much people give. The real issue is how much people get, the people in need or the causes or whatever. And I believe that the average liberal who supports higher taxes and the distribution of the state income to give more aid to, to uh, people in need is is uh, focusing his charity through the state, letting the state be the uh, uh, person who uh, handles the uh, the money for him, rather than the conservative who gives to a targeted charity. And in the bottom line, is it probably doesn't make a lot of difference whether it's a conservative or liberal, as to how much uh, they are willing to give. They're just doing it in a different manner. All right. Harry is present. Harry, by the way, you're very eloquent. Thank you. No, no, you really are. He's really present. He had a great line there. He said, who cares about measuring who gives? Let's measure who gets. Yeah, that's right. No, and I I appreciate that point of view, and I I very much appreciate the call, Harry. You know, uh, what I would challenge... You, Harry, and and those that, that think just like you do about about charitable giving, supposedly through the state, is this. I think that when we talk about giving and we t- getting, and when we talk about need, we need to expand our understanding about what need really is. And the reason I say that is that I believe we all have a need. We have a need to give. Just as we have a need for cash, for services, we all have a need to give. And one of the things I talk about in this book is what happens if we don't give. We have consequences for our economy, for our life satisfaction, for our health. And this is social science measurable stuff. I'm not making this up. This comes from right. But what he would he, he would answer as as would I think most liberals. Well, why do you why do you think that paying higher taxes is not a form of giving? Because you don't get the benefits. Because American communities don't get the benefits unless we voluntarily give. That's the core American value. Is wait, 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 wait. Uh, that I didn't fight. follow. What do you mean American communities don't get the benefits? Because when Amer- I I believe as most Americans do that we need to tax. For, to pay for services for certain things. I don't think that charity can pay for the roads and the uh, army. Yeah, right, of course. But okay. I also understand that giving in and of itself produces certain benefits that taxes don't. The giving act is what defines us as a people, is what separates us, even in our economic growth from some of All our right. allies. All uh, right. A person, a 30-year-old, has been afflicted with Lou Gehrig's disease. Correct. Is he better off in a high-tax economy or a low-tax, more charitable economy? That an individual who's afflicted with a particular disease has a need for services. How we pay for those services adequately is a decision we make as a society. However, we can say that when we can pay for services voluntarily through our own charitable contributions, the person afflicted with the disease will receive the services he needs, but all of the rest of us will benefit as well. And if we try to crowd out the private giving through through taxation entirely, we're going to pay a very high price. And if we want to know how high that price is, all we have to look is at measures of life satisfaction and measures of economic growth in some of our allies that don't have our rates of community health, social uh, social capital, and and private sacrifice. Final segment coming up. 
The book is Who Really Cares, and the author is Arthur C. Brooks, published by Basic Books. It's up at PragerRadio.com. Try to squeeze in a couple of more calls here. I think we have posed uh, the, uh, the most obvious questions there. But to me, the great line is, it's values and values and values that determines the giving. Back in a moment. You are listening to the best of the Dennis Prager Show. Dennis Prager here with Arthur Brooks, final segment, Professor of Public Administration, Syracuse University, the book Who Really Cares? And it's about the charity divide. Professor Brooks, I didn't think to answer Harry there and all the others who pose the the very logical question, well, yeah, conservatives give more, but if we follow liberal policy, then everybody would give more because of higher taxation and more government spending on the needy. But I presume that your data show that no matter what the tax rate, conservatives give more. Oh, sure. Okay, so that's the answer. So even with higher taxes, conservatives will give beyond the taxation more money. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Now, you can destroy their, their giving. You can destroy people's giving by getting rid of charities and, and replacing them entirely with government programs. Yeah, no, obviously. But that, in other that, words, yes. if people have nothing good to give to. Yeah, no, surely. Them. Well, then they, but the, it wouldn't happen in America. They would create new, new volunteer societies. Yeah, I mean, that's, but anyway, that's the answer, dear, dear liberal listener. No matter what the tax rate, conservatives will still give more money beyond that. Yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily the case that. I mean, people disagree on whether liberals or conservatives are right or wrong on how much we should tax and how much we should redistribute. But that's not the only way to look at compassion. As a matter of fact, a lot of conservatives tell me that it's, it's uncompassionate to redistribute income and put people on dependency and on the dole. That's oh, yeah. That, yes, that's a, I totally agree. Let's take a challenge to you. Colorado Springs, David. Hi, David. Hello. Um, Hi. Very interesting program, of course. Um, uh, doctor, I, I have to tell you that uh, I'm assuming you're a doctor, Professor. Um, I, uh, I, I just cannot get my mind around what you're saying is the, the truth, as you know it, uh, through your research, and that is that the conservatives that I, get, that I know, and I know everyone from multimillionaires to people that are on the upper, you know, upper uh, middle class, they don't give. Uh, uh, virtually at all, uh, to my knowledge, and the scoff and ridicule of those who do. Um, so, um, you know, I don't. I just don't. Uh, from my own personal experience, I, I just can't uh, can't see how this can be true. The people that I know that are the most giving are uh, those of uh, liberal or uh, Democratic uh, slant, as opposed to uh, conservative or Republican. And uh, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to do with their means. Of giving. All right, okay, do, uh, and a quick reaction there, because we're coming to the end. Arthur Brooks. Well, that simply means that your experience is not the American norm. Now, it, once again, it's not as much liberal and conservative as is 
it is values that underlie them. So if you had a secular religious friends, you would find that your religious friends give far and away more than That's the bigger divide, and the religious day. tend to be more conservative. Arthur Brooks, congratulations on an important book. Thank you, Dennis. Happy New Year to you and to all your listeners. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, Dennis Prager here again with a message for anyone struggling with pain. Of course, I want you to know about Relief Factor, the 100% drug-free supplement that tens of thousands are now taking every day. I take it every day. I like being out of pain. But I know you may be skeptical. I certainly was. Then I kept hearing about all the people, including my wife, who were no longer in pain. So I decided to give it a try. In fact, listen to Alan's story. I've been in back pain since my early 20s. Now I'm 51. In my early 20s, I worked for the state prison. I got injured and I was off work for about a year. I'm now a train engineer. I basically sit all day long. My wife making me take relief factor literally changed my life. I don't feel like I'm 20 again, but my back does. Everyone knows you want something drug-free. You want something that will help your own body deal with the inflammation that can often cause pain. In your neck, back, shoulder, hip, knee, or foot. Actually, even general aches and pains from just getting older, exercise, everyday living, all can be a real problem, even keeping you from sleeping through the night. So here's what I suggest you do. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father-son owners of Relief Factor, have created what they call a three-week quick start. It's a trial pack, and they've discounted it to just $19.95. That's about a dollar a day, and after that, about the cost of a cup of coffee a day to stay out of pain. That's the three-week quick start for just $19.95, and you should know this. About 70% of the people who order the three-week quick start for just $19.95 go on to order more. So do what so many others have already done. Take Pete and Seth Talbot up on their offer and go to relieffactor.com and order the three-week quick start. That's relieffactor.com or call 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384.